Hey everybody, welcome to Reeducated, season two, episode two. Reeducated is a podcast where we rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics relating to our Black community here in the state of New Mexico. Before we get into it, as always, we want to thank the Office of African American Affairs for allowing us to have this platform and for our voices to be heard and uh, for us to reach out to the community and build these relationships and continue to elevate us and push us forward in this movement for equity and equality. Yes. And uh, (laughs) again, thank you all for listening in. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Static Shock. And then we also have... (laughs) He said Static Shock. What does that make me? I'm Catwoman. (laughs) All right. Catwoman is Static Shock I had to go with Halle Berry. Like the Halle Berry version of Catwoman is like... Oh, love mm. it. <laughs> for real though, I'm Danny Golden. And, and I'm Devin, aka Dave for this season. Got it. Danny and Dave coming at you. Like I said, this is season two, episode two. Last episode, we did a recap of all of the topics we've covered and kind of did some previews of what we'll be talking about in future episodes. And so that leads us to today. In today's topic, we're going to be talking specifically about athletics because, you know, me, I love talking about my athletics. Coach and, Dave. <laughs> hey, don't don't be told everybody my my all my nicknames. You know, we gotta Sorry. we gotta slowly get into it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um for this uh for this episode, we're going to specifically talk about whether or not student athletes should get paid. Danny, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, okay, the first place that I, I feel like we should start when having this conversation is mm-hmm. Like, what is the current setup? Because you know what all of the stipulations are surrounding athletes and compensation currently. Like, what does that look like? So basically, are they, can they, currently they cannot be compensated? Well, um, it just depends on what state you're in. So there's like specific states. It's not a national mandate, but there are specific states that have passed legislation. And um, our state is one of those that are looking to pass legislation, but um, I know for sure California, I can't remember some of the other ones, but mm-hmm. um, essentially you get compensated based off your name. And so mm-hmm. if, if like they have your jersey or merchandise that the school is selling, mm-hmm. you get a portion of what what mm-hmm. um, they make based off of that. Um, whatever agreement, whatever the numbers are. So there's some states where that happens and they are profiting off of those types of things, but the player doesn't get anything from yes. it. And so a lot of the things that universities and schools used to do, they would have the jersey without mm-hmm. the name of the individual. Wow. So it like just the number. Yeah. So people know what's up, but mm-hmm. it's not giving credit where credit's due, essentially. Exactly. And... This recently happened, I want to say, uh, within the last couple of years. Initially, um, it's been a whole thing mm-hmm. since the um, since the inauguration of the NCAA. But essentially, when it comes to uh, players getting paid, it was originally like you just got your scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you play professionally or um, overseas, depending on what that looked like, mm-hmm. you were ineligible to play in college because you lost your amateur status. Oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so it has to do with the status. Yeah. If you get paid, you're, you're no now longer, a professional. You're mm-hmm. no longer amateur. Oh, okay, okay. Exactly. And so um, 
that changed from only getting your scholarship to being able to get your scholarship and cost of attendance, which depending mm. on, well, depending on where you're living um, will depend on how much you get your from your scholarship. And so mm-hmm. some places it might be 1200 a month for a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Some might be uh, 3200 mm-hmm. depending on uh, what the cost of living is in that right. location. But it was originally just the scholarship and cost of attendance, which added about 300 to like $700, depending mm-hmm. on where you are. So mm-hmm. athletes got more money to now players are able to put their name in for being a professional and still maintain their amateur status okay. and be able to get paid off of their jersey sales or merchandise right. sales or anything that has to do with the school getting profit based on the player's name. Mm. Well, I mean— my take on that, it seems from, you know, what you're telling me that that seems more equitable. Yeah. It seems like regardless of if you're a student or what your classification is, if there's money being made off of your name, your likeness, anything like that, I mm. mean, it applies in every other aspect of business and, you know, entertainment and yeah. things like that. So um, I think maybe that's what people don't realize is just like, it's just equitable yeah. for, and it's just, you know, that's just whether they're, they're like, I'm putting in the work. Mm-hmm. People showing up to see me hit these three pointers and slam this ball. Yeah. So, <laughs> And what's, what's interesting about college and student athletes is, um, I think this was a conversation I had whenever I was uh, with some of the other student athletes and some of my brothers and sisters on campus at the time mm-hmm. that we're not, we are labeled as student athletes, but we're more so athlete students. Mm-hmm. Just because depending on what sports you're playing, um, the main sports that you look at are uh, men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. You have football and then you have volleyball as kind of those main sports that you have a lot of spectators, you're getting uh, a lot of the money to the institutions. And so with those sports, essentially, um, you don't necessarily have all the freedoms that you would playing in another sport. And so we're, we're pushed into three different, three different um, concentrations when it comes to the university. Mm -hmm. You have, um, Liberal arts and university studies. Okay. You have communications, mm-hmm. and then you have business. Are are you? Is there a reason why you're pushed in that? Is it because those are like easier programs, considering the load that you'll have with your athletics, or? Well, I wouldn't call it easier because yeah. you're taking away from the work of individuals who want to study those programs. Yeah. So I definitely I'm like, don't. That's what my yeah. that's what my degree is in communication. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, now what are we saying here? But it's not. Those no. are just kind of the the areas that kind of work with yeah are athletic more, programs. Yeah, these areas are um, more flexible. Okay, when it comes to like athletes and um, their schedules. Flexible and, is a good word. Yeah, <laughs> but it's definitely a lot. It's definitely not easier yeah. just because again, you're saturating these degree fields mm-hmm. and it's taking away from again the individuals who want to go into communications or want to be yeah. in business or have multiple things that they want to do and maybe want to 
be very versatile in their education. So they get into liberal arts and university studies. But, you know, because all the athletes are in there, you know, there's like just this bad reputation and bad connotation to, you know, these different these different uh, degree fields. But but essentially, you know, when it comes to student athletes, like because we don't have for lack of better words, the same, I wouldn't say privileges, but because we don't have the same privileges and being flexible in our schedule, wanting to study what we want to do, and mm-hmm. then being able to make more money mm-hmm. or make a decent amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, it's it just makes it a little bit more difficult to uh, really be invested in yeah. the NCAA and being a student athlete because, yeah. you know, me, I came to college because, yes, I got a free scholarship or I got a full full ride scholarship to go play, but I want to get an education, yeah, not just a degree. Yeah, an education. And that's, you know, that it shouldn't be come unavailable to you mm-hmm. just because you are an an athlete student. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, thanks for breaking that down, Dev. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, just kind of going back to it, it's, it's just difficult when you are a student athlete or it has been difficult because, again, if you're really good at your craft and you're really good at what you do, you should be able to get paid or get sponsored by somebody who sees that talent, sees that greatness, mm-hmm. and wants to invest in you, not only to make a decent living, because student-athletes, you know, we um, are just given this chunk of money. We're mm-hmm. not really given any lessons on yeah. how to utilize it, how to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's not, even an, it's not even enough realistically for the demand on our bodies. Like, we got to right. eat two times as much as... A regular individual, yeah. like we don't have our schedule. Like there's certain resources that we have to get out of pocket mm-hmm. just to be able to keep our scholarships. Yeah. And I think I from that perspective, it's like it has to be, I feel like it should be worthwhile for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just seems like from, you know, knowing and talking to you, knowing other uh student athletes, there's a lot of cost for you personally there's yeah. a lot of cost for you physically mm-hmm. you know what you're putting your body through is strenuous the the hours that y'all put in the yeah. traveling that you do it just seems like that should all be covered and i don't think that that's um unreasonable i don't think it's going above and beyond we're not talking like million dollar contracts for you know these student athletes we're just you know i think the aim seems to be just to make it so that it's not more of a strain to play. Like you can really just focus on the game and you can focus on your education. Yeah. Because, you know, just like anybody, not having what you need can mm-hmm. be like stressful. Not having enough money to cover your costs of living can be stressful for anyone. Yeah, definitely. And just to add on to it, you got some people, again, me, like I had, I was very privileged in a lot of ways of having a good, strong support system and my family was doing okay. But mm-hmm. for some players, like that's their ticket, mm-hmm. you know, and they have to use their uh, Pell Grant 
They have mm-hmm. to use um, certain They're scholarships. Mm-hmm. You know, everything, their money has to go back home just because their family is living in a, a low-income housing yeah. or, you know, there are certain things that happen with them growing up that they're not set up. Yeah, and they're the one. Like, exactly. they're the one. A lot of people are, like, they're the one that's going to raise everybody else up, mm-hmm. you know, and they have that. I think we can't forget about that. That oh, a, yeah. lot of, a lot of these students have their, you know, their families on their shoulders that they're carrying. And I think that that's honorable mm-hmm. and that's what we want to encourage, you know, oh, yeah. it's hard work and lifting yourself up. All right, well then like, let's encourage that. Exactly. You know? And so, um, yeah, I definitely think that when it comes to student athletes, there needs to be a lot more compensation, like just for more or less a free degree, not necessarily mm-hmm. an education, Yeah, getting some okay housing and then just getting some gear. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally don't think that for the amount of money that these players are putting in and getting for the university, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough to like compensate them for what they truly earn and deserve. Yeah, that's, I mean, if you really think about it, like look at the type of money that like pours into these institutions. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you have a tuition and everybody's paying tuition, whether you're an athlete or not, right? Yeah. But where does all the the icing on the cake come from? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. Where does the icing come from? What are y'all doing on, you know, on Saturdays? Y'all tailgating. Yeah. <laughs> y'all out there having fun. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like everyone knows what's up. Yeah. You know? Like, come but... <laughs> on. And it's like with the tailgatings, what they could easily do is buy sections or sell sections of a parking lot mm-hmm. that could go towards supporting these kids, yeah. you know, supporting these students. Yeah. Part of the concessions that are they're spending mm-hmm. goes to students, you know, yeah. um, selling alcohol or, yeah. you know, other items at the game. Part of those concessions go to the student athletes. So now yeah. it's like, okay, we're starting to, I mean, we still have a long ways to go and there needs to be a lot of refining for the system, mm-hmm. but at least we're starting to get to, Paying these student-athletes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I think we should go on and take a little break. We're mm-hmm. going to hear some beats from uh, Mr. M. Scott Loves Life. So um, enjoy, and we'll be right back after this. everybody. Welcome back to Reeducated, a podcast where we rethink, relearn, and get reeducated on many topics concerning the Black community here in the state of New Mexico. You just heard some original music from M. Scott Loves Life. You can find him on Instagram at M. Scott Loves Life. And you can visit his company, who's responsible for all of the amazing post-production that's done on this podcast, at bettersense.com. That's B-T-T-R 
SNC.com. So we're getting back into it today on episode two. We are discussing compensation for student athletes. And before the break, Devin kind of got me caught up, <laughs> gave me the rundown on what the current setup is for athletes being compensated or not compensated, depending on what state you're in. And we talked about really where that conversation lies more so revolving around some of the the main I hate to say main but yeah. you know the more um you know populated events are for certain sports so yeah. um get us into what that looks like for the other sports and other athletes well essentially and this is from my understanding whenever I was playing um when it came to certain sports like the golfs, the tennis, it was like hybrid in the sense of you could pay for like money or you could play to get in tournaments. Mm-hmm. You could get sponsorships. Like it was right. all those different things that you're able to add on to getting like maybe a scholarship. And so for a lot of those sports, like it, was, it wouldn't be full, right? It would okay. be like a partial scholarship, but provided more opportunities to get additional funding because it was a part-time scholarship. Okay. And so um, when it comes to, like, student athletes getting paid, you know, for some of these uh, part-time scholarships, I think one of the things, um, and Marcus had mentioned it while we are in the break, is providing a work study for Mm. these uh, student athletes or providing some type of internship or something that, helps them to get into specific uh, whatever field they want to get into or, you know, make some money on the side or just providing additional opportunities. Yes. But I also think um, one of the things just to get into like an equity standpoint mm-hmm. for student-athletes is, you know, I think paying taxes to help support these other uh, programs that might not necessarily get the same amount of money or sponsorships Mm -hmm. that you would get from, like, the main sports. Mm, Okay, taxes on, like, on the students, on people in general? How would these, like, those taxes be allocated? Well, I would say, like, taxes. So um, if we're paying the student-athletes and, say, for instance, like, a student from, like, like one of the main sports Mm -hmm. Uh, gets like a sponsorships mm-hmm. or signs for like a sponsorship. Part of that money going into like a pool okay. to help support the student athletes that aren't a part of the main. I think that makes perfect sense because I mean, at the end of the day, like it's reciprocal, right? You mm-hmm. couldn't play the sport without like the institution. Like yeah. that construct wouldn't exist. So, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, the the institution and the other people that are attending that institution should be able to benefit some. I think that that's totally reasonable, you know, just kind of siphoning just a bit, you know, of what's, um, what's garnished Mm -hmm. for those athletes and those events. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, putting that into a pool and, and then everyone wins, you know, and then those other sports are um, better funded. Cause right now, do they just more so rely on like, like private for you talk when I think golf and tennis and things like yeah. that, I think of like more private mm-hmm. like funding for yeah. those. Not definitely. And yeah. then usually those type of sports are um individuals from more affluent families. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times like 
they don't even necessarily need extra money because mm, they have care of. exactly. I got you. I see. And so, but for sports like again, men and women's basketball, mm-hmm. for football, football, volleyball, even soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, but out here in New Mexico, like it's not as many black mm-hmm. student athletes. Wish there's like one or two, but yeah, even with um like some of those other sports, mm-hmm. like a lot of times we're in the trenches. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just trying to find a way, whether it be through education or through uh getting contracts professionally mm-hmm. to help our family get out of this, um, you know, rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It's it's so much that we have to do. And I think yeah. there should be two options or it should be negotiable how you go about um, signing, like, your contract for being a student athlete. Like, I think, like, these student athletes should get full-ride scholarships just because of the money they bring into the university. Yeah, 100%. But I think it should be twofold. You can either get... A scholarship, a full ride scholarship, and you have like part time work okay. that you do for the university. And so um, you're getting fully paid, but you don't have to have the same demand for classes as Got like you. other students because again it's like your job is yeah being a being an athlete mm-hmm. and bringing in money bringing in fans doing marketing and recruiting like mm-hmm. we're doing all these different things and it's yeah. like yo we're not getting paid extra to show the new recruit around yeah <laughs> you know what i mean we're not getting extra to like post repost all this stuff that's on for socials. our university yeah, yeah i'm like yeah, yeah. you know you you pay companies to do that you pay individuals for getting your brand out and doing they want that for free from y'all exactly I see. you yeah, know that doesn't seem quite fair and so either doing it like that to where it's part-time for schooling or again still having a full ride because mm-hmm. you know we're using our bodies but part-time work yeah, for sure. And so, you know, having it to where you can go to school for like like doing the full classes, but mm-hmm. you know, you get an opportunity to take the classes you want to take. Yeah, 100%. And so if you are a football player but you want to be an engineer, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to get into some of those engineering classes yeah. and figuring out a way to work around that. Yeah. To get in your practice. Because that's really what it comes down to is finding a formula that is realistic and that works, you know, where it balances those three aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, the the financial stability of that student, yeah. the uh, capability of that student and the time that they have to devote to their athletics and, you know, keeping all of that in balance so that yeah. that person can be successful on their path and their education. That was the third prong. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And so um, just to kind of, I know we gave this whole background about student athletes and whether or not they should get paid, which after we, after I introduced the bill, I just want to add another aspect to it yeah, that's we should talk about it. relevant to COVID times. But just to give everybody an update, Senate Bill 94 hit the regular session for this uh, 2021 um, session year. And so essentially this bill... Um, is related to athletics and it enacts the the Student Athlete Endorsement Act, which prohibits imposition of limitations against student athlete and certain other individuals earning compensation from the use of their name, image, 
or likeness, allowing for the professional representation of a student athlete by an agent for matters arising from the use of the student athlete's name, image, or likeness. Oh, wow. Okay, so currently uh, it was set up to where like you couldn't, I guess that makes sense. Okay, it's all clicking. (laughs) We're seeing this happen in my brain, but you couldn't even get like an agent or anything to make these plays for you because you're not even allowed to do that in the first place. So this bill is enabling you to be, you know, represented for, you know, your image, your likeness, your talents, that sort of thing. Okay. Exactly. Got it. And with this bill, essentially, well, in the past, say you um, had like a really good year, basketball, football, or whatever it may look like. And, you wanted to put your name in the draft or you're thinking about going professional Mm -hmm. in the past, if you did that, your amateur status would be revoked. revoked. And so you would no longer have a guaranteed scholarship at the university because you put your name into the professional portal. So you're kind of being punished for, for planning for like your next steps after college. Exactly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, you have these student athletes who you at the end of the day, we a lot of times, uh, well, me personally, not I won't speak for every student athlete, yeah, but your experience. For me, from my experiences and me personally, there were situations or times where I might have wanted to go professional, but you know, it was either me um, going professional or trying to go professional, things don't work out. And now it's like, where do I go? And maybe I didn't finish my education all the way. Or, you know, having to stick out uh, being in a certain place and still, you know, uh, still um, not liking it, wanting to go professional, but I have to worry about not only getting a scholarship, like making sure I have another meal, making sure I have everything set up because, you know, especially nowadays, if you don't have a degree, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to really navigate whether it's associates, bachelor's, master's, whatever it be. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, if you go into school, if you're not guaranteeing that you are getting a professional contract either in the Mm -hmm. NBA or overseas. Yeah you're in a weird position where now you got to pay for your last semester or last couple of semesters of schooling and you don't have like all this other stuff to fall back on. Right. Okay. Yeah. That seems to be um, counterproductive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you're going, you're putting in all of this effort, committing all this time to, you know, refining yourself and your craft and your sport Mm -hmm. as a student athlete. And so naturally the next steps of that, like, okay, how do I elevate in this? Like, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to be a student, you know, four or five years and then what's next. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be planning for that ahead of time and there has to be that ability to kind of transition. So from that standpoint of just being able to transition into what's next for a student athlete Mm -hmm. and, you know, what comes after college and really building their life, which is what college is for, whether you're just getting education, whether you're an athlete, like literally this is the time in your life where you're laying the framework for who you're going to be as a, you know, an adult, a professional, a you know, how you're going to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very weird and interesting dynamic dealing with athletics, but dealing with university athletics yeah, in particular. Yeah, 100%. And so just kind of going back to the bill, um, 
there are several things that were uh, included in the bill. Okay. One was um, the university or post-secondary education institution shall not prohibit or otherwise prevent a student athlete from earning compensation as a result of the use of the student athlete's name, image, or likeness. Okay. And so, again, um, you can't prohibit a student athlete from making money off of themselves. Right. Whether that's their image on a poster. Exactly. Or merch or a jersey. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, mugs. Got it. All that. And so um, another thing, post-secondary institutions also cannot withhold or revoke a scholarship as a result of a student athlete earning compensation or obtaining professional representation pursuant to the student athlete endorsement mm, act. So- so again, you can't just because a student athlete wants to get an agent because they've had a good season or they're looking to um, pursue a professional mm-hmm. career, you can't take their scholarship away from them trying to figure right. things out. That's so that's an added protection protection there where it's like, okay, I can plan mm-hmm. and I can go and um, get an agent and make moves without fear of losing money from mm-hmm. education. Okay. Exactly. And then another part, an athletic association or athletic conference shall not prohibit or otherwise prevent a student athlete from earning compensation as a result of the use of the student athlete's name, image, or likeness, or an individual who earned compensation as a result of the use of the individual's name, image, or likeness before enrollment into a post-secondary educational institution from participating in intercollegiate athletics on the on the basis of the individual's earned compensation for the use of the individual's name, image, or mm, likeness. Break that one down. <laughs> so, so I heard before. So this is kind of like yeah. um, inclusive of like the timeline before they even get into college, right? Exactly. And so say, for instance, you're a player and... Um, you come from overseas and you played uh, in a professional league because it's a lot different in like Europe and Asia and all those and uh, mm-hmm. Africa. Like you have opportunities to be 15, 16, 17 playing for a professional team, earning okay. money. And then a lot of times, which it's, it's even crazier to me because you have these foreigners coming mm-hmm. from overseas playing in these professional leagues, but you have these black kids who are here in the backyard and we play in a professional league, we yeah. get in trouble. Or like we're making money prior to and we have like this whole scandal or this whole uh, thing. But okay, but since it's not that way, there are some people that are coming in and they've already been playing professional. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair to have that that mixing, but this bill seems like it'll kind of level that yeah. playing field, yeah. if you will. <laughs> exactly. And so if you're like, before you go to college, if you end up playing or mm-hmm. getting money, like say you play in like a mm-hmm. money tournament or you play somewhere and you're getting paid for it, they, they can't um, withhold your scholarship or they can't penalize you before because you made money before going to the actual college okay. or university. Good breakdown. So, <laughs> thank you. And so um, just um, before I go more into the bill, one of the things that just popped into my mind was playing right now during COVID yeah. times. Right. And so I, I personally don't agree with these um, college, 
high school, college, or professional players having to play during COVID because, again, it's... It's COVID. Like, we're just... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, and, you know, I understand. I'm not speaking for everybody. I understand there are certain people who want to play, you know, and just because, again... um, I understand what it's like not being able to play a sport that you love or do something that you love and you not being able to do it because of X, Y, and Z. But I don't think that these athletes, student athletes and athletes should be forced to play during these times. And to that point, if they are forced to play, I don't know like all of the details, but if they are forced to play, they should be getting hazard pay. Uh, and I was literally, it's li- right as you said, hazard pay, I was like, that's equivalent to hazard pay, right? So you have frontline workers that are yes. have to go out and expose themselves to this virus, and they are mm. compensated, for those who aren't familiar with hazard pay, hazard pay, you're compensated for basically being put in harm's way. Um, and so... I agree with you 100%. I mean, if you have to, if this becomes a requirement, obviously it's different if you have the option to opt out. But if it becomes a requirement, yeah, you should be compensated for going out there and exposing yourself. Because, I mean, we know what the guidelines are from the government as far as what, you know, um, precautions need to be taken to not spread or contract the virus. And, exactly. you know, if you're going out into, you know, this sports world and you're around all these other athletes and you're playing and everything's just full swing. Yeah. We know that the risk is higher. So, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a very interesting place that we're in where there's so many people with this um, let them play movement saying, you know, they they need to be out there right now, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... Um, again, you have like certain students and certain kids who are like in high school or like getting to high school and it's like your parents are like, they need to play. They want to play. It's like, let the kids speak. Mm-hmm. You know, if the kid says they want to play, that's one yeah. thing. But for, I don't, I just don't think that every kid out there yeah is wanting to put their life on the line. Maybe yeah. they are. You know, I can't I mean, speak even on them. the flip side, right? Like, I wasn't raised to where it's like, oh, well, the kid knows best. I mean, like, where where do we step in as the adults and say, even if that is the case, and they're like, let's get out there. But, honey, like, it's there's still a pandemic. <laughs> like, you exactly, know? Exactly. So, like, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. I get it because I have seen, you know, the videos where— uh, of footage of protests and things like that where these kids are like, you know, football's my therapy and I trust, I get it. Music's my yeah. therapy, you know? So mm-hmm. I know how I would feel if I was in a position where I wasn't able to to do that. But at the same time, we can all agree that is if we take the precautions we need to now, then it'll be less long-term. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't going to be forever. COVID is not permanent. It's not going to be limiting us forever. But we do have to, you know, stick it out in some regards so we can, like, get through it so that, you know, people can get back to doing things that feel good to them. Exactly. And just to add another aspect to it. Okay. So you're forcing these individuals to play or you want Mm -hmm. them to play. 
are you willing to go out of pocket to put like a $10,000 insurance policy mm-hmm. to where if they have adverse effects, mm-hmm. lifelong adverse effects to getting COVID that they get a million dollars, two million dollars for contracting COVID, and now they have a, a regular heart or they're dealing damage. with permanent yeah. lung damage. Are you willing to, as a parent or as an institution, to back these individuals for their lifetime protection because you're putting their lives mm. on the line? I mean, that's the question. That's a really good question. It's a it's a hard question. It's a serious question. Because that's really a possibility in these times. We've seen with COVID the adverse long-term effects that it has on the body. Mm-hmm. I actually have my my uncle, um, he lives in Florida, and he and his girlfriend got COVID a while back. Mm-hmm. And he just still is not him. This was months ago. And he's like, I just yeah. still don't feel 100%. I don't feel Right. You know, so that's, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because maybe people aren't thinking about that. I think when it comes to, Mm -hmm. you know, athletics and, you know, there's a lot of passion involved, but it's like, are we thinking long term? Are we thinking about the collateral damage or the collateral costs of Mm -hmm. making this decision in the present, knowing what the long term repercussions could be? Exactly. And I, again, I understand that there are certain situations where families and children and individuals don't necessarily have the privileges or the resources not to have their kids in Mm -hmm. certain settings. And it's like, you know, do you want your kid to be at home alone or, you know, do you, would you rather have them in like a group setting? Like, I understand that, you know, there's a lot of situations, there's a lot of stipulations behind um, having kids play and like having kids get paid. But I'm just saying that we just need to really look at the big picture and really for uh, people who are privileged, like, do you want to put your kids through that? And for people who aren't necessarily um, have those resources available, what do we need to do to allocate resources to support them mm-hmm. in being able to make sure their kid is good because they need help or, you know, there needs to be additional yeah, support. 100%. It's a lot to mm. take in. And I mean, you know, it's, like I said, hard questions, tough questions, necessary questions. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, um, so I'm glad that we were able to, you know, touch on all of the aspects of, you know, this conversation and, athletics and, you know, student athletes being compensated. I feel like I Mm -hmm. understand the scope a little bit better, you know, for people that aren't close to athletics, you may think like, well, how does this like even impact me? Right. Well, Mm -hmm. these student athletes are make up a part of our community. You know, these are going to be, like you said, these are going to not only be your your basketball players and your football players and soccer. These are going to be your engineers. You know, these are going to be your PR specialists. These are going to be, you know, all of these professionals that that make up our community. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, first and foremost, they're they're students, you know. So I think all of us have agreed as a society that, you know, that's important. Our students are important. Education's an important cornerstone and how that whole thing goes is an important cornerstone yeah. of how well our community does, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And just to add to that, again, like for these higher risk sports, mm-hmm. these are 
going to directly affect mainly black, mm-hmm. indigenous mm-hmm. people of color. Absolutely. Like, so we need to be aware of, again, like the what's going on, um, the legislation that's going to affect mm-hmm. us because we're we're the ones who are making money for this yeah. institution. You look on TV, what do you see? Mainly mm-hmm. black, black kids and or black student yeah. athletes or uh, and student athletes that are right. of color. And it's like we're the ones who are risking mm-hmm. our lives. I mean, you know, you look at golf. You know, nothing against the golfers and everything, but. There's you don't have to have your mask yeah. off and you can social distance a lot easier because you're one person yeah. hitting the ball versus you being on the basketball court and now you're paying it's it's twelve thirteen people uh, depending on like who's on the yeah. court mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so um, you got these football players. Yeah. There's all these football players on the field. You got the soccer players. You got the volleyball players having to be in close proximity. But, you know, you got the golf. You got one person golfing, tennis, maybe one or two. Yeah, if you're, like, adverse to, like, any of that, like, check your privilege. Like, Mm -hmm. look at yourself because maybe you're not in a situation where people would be depending on you, like, keeping your health or keeping your scholarship But a lot of these athletes, like we mentioned before, have whole systems and whole families of people like depending on them. So if COVID takes them out or if they're trying to set up a future for their family and they're not being compensated properly, like that impacts different groups of people differently. And we know, you know, what we're talking about when we say that. So, yeah, check your privilege because the next person's situation might be different. We just got to continue to re-educate people and make people aware of the different issues and inequities that are going on specific to the black community and athletics is a big part of the black community because we're always siphoning into entertainment and so 100% just know now (laughs) you can get paid you can get money and and all you New Mexican athletes you're safe hopefully you know again legislation is there but now it's about um, enforcing the legislation and putting it into practice. And so that's going to be a whole nother thing that we look at for the future. Yeah. Um, I wanted you to tell people where um, there's a website that you give out, um, and I don't want to butcher it. I think it's nmledges.gov. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get that right? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, All that right. was perfect. All right, See? Brain. <laughs> look, at, look at you. Go to nmledges. L-E-G-I-S dot gov in order to uh, stay up to date on the latest legislation in the state of New Mexico. And then, of course, go and visit us on the website for the New Mexico State Office of African American Affairs. That's O-A-A-A, so O-A-A-A dot N-M dot state dot U-S. Close. Go, did I get it wrong? Uh, <laughs> you're right there. So Say it, it correctly, <laughs> Devin. It's O-A-A-A dot state, state. <laughs> dot N-M dot U-S. You're right there, though. Got it. Okay, dot state <laughs> dot N-M dot U-S. Got it. Um, go there. Make sure to like, share, comment, interact with us. We always love hearing from you. Um, pass this along to somebody that you think could use it. And other than that, we're sending y'all good vibes. Make sure uh, you check back in with us in the near future for episode three. And we'll see y'all later. Deuces.